Hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome to Professional Women Survivors of Abuse, my podcast from me to you. So all of my women, all of my professionals, just all of my survivors, I'm always so happy to be here for you and to talk with you and to connect you any way that I can. So today's topic is going to be purpose and possibility. Those are things we really want to be looking toward and moving toward. So I want to talk about it because, you know, I'm always trying to move us forward. I feel like we talk a lot about, you know, being a survivor and having emotional trauma and triggers and that's all real, but let's start moving away from it as much as possible. So do you have purpose in your life? People say, oh, what's purpose anyway? Nobody really knows. Everybody thinks it's a mystery. Lots of people tell me I don't have any purpose in my life or it's, you know, something too big for me to have or whatever. But the dictionary says purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. It's one's intention or objective. So that seems simple, right? I mean, it's my intention or my objective. You know, my intention is to, and whatever it is for you. Also, I found another definition. Your life purpose consists of the central motivating aims of your life. The reasons you get up in the morning. Purpose can guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. For some people, purpose is connected to vocation meaningful, satisfying work. So those are two definitions that I found. And it all makes so much sense, but it also seems so impossible for some people to even think about it, especially when we're survivors and we've come out of a bad situation and we're stuck in a space where like, oh gosh, that's not even possible. I'm just trying to make it day to day. And you know what? Your purpose could be just making it day to day, but we want to bust past that and just really, really live our best life. So let's talk about what happened to you. What was it? And then what was your state of resilience during that time? What and how was it held by you? And how did other people respond? So that's really huge. So all the work I've been doing with Master and Kip Kip's work and my new certification that I just got. And a lot of this comes from him, but um, I've learned a lot more about why we get stuck in a space and why we feel so defeated and hopeless and sad sometimes, even though we're living our life and you might be a professional and you might be, you know, running a business or even just running your household, but you feel exhausted. You feel like you're on a hamster wheel and getting nowhere you feel like there's just something holding you back. So when you identify what happened to you, you know, yes, I was in an abusive relationship or I was in a toxic environment or I got, you know, into a job that was just soul sucking. What was your state of resilience during that time? Were you able to deal with it? Were you strong? Were you crumbling? Were you not resilient at all? And even if you are resilient, it's sometimes not a good thing because then you just end up putting up with and dealing with things. And then that goes on forever. And then how did you 
you know, manage it? How was it held by you? Did you hold it in isolation? Did you keep everything inside? Bury it down deep. Don't let anybody know what's happening. I'm just going to be, I am woman, hear me roar. I'm going to move forward and I'm just going to keep pushing this stuff down. And I'm not going to talk to anyone about it because that would be humiliating or it would make me seem weak or something. And then how did other people respond? These are all super important things to keep in mind. Now, when you were dealing with your emotional trauma or stress or toxic circumstances or whatever it was, you are very vulnerable during that time. Just keep that in mind. You probably found yourself isolating from everyone and found that people may have made you feel like they were discounting what happened to you. That happens a lot. Or they made you feel shame or they tend to invalidate your experience. And I just love that because people do that mainly because they don't understand it. And that's their immediate response or something that they have no idea about. They couldn't possibly understand. I have lots of friends who have no clue what it's like to be in an abusive relationship. And that's fine. And that's great. And I'm so happy that all of them never had to experience what I experienced. And so therefore, it gives them a sense of, um, I don't know, they just don't understand it and they don't want to not say something to you. And then sometimes they say something like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to you. You know, that's very discounting. And yeah, it happened, right? They don't know what to say. So we have to give them a little grace about it and be happy for them that, they're, that they've never had to deal with such a thing. But we tend to take it personally. That also adds to our trauma. Now, in a perfect world, if you were resilient and you connected to people after the traumatizing event and those people validated what happened and they listened to you and they cared, it probably was not as traumatizing. And that is what builds resilience and your ability to build connection with others. That experience where people said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry what happened. And like, they really listened and everything and they made you feel supported. But the very thing that became so scary, right? Because it was other people most likely that caused your pain and connection and connecting with people is terrifying in that scenario because it might happen again, or they will treat me badly for whatever reason right? So building resilience and your ability to build connection with others, but the very thing that became so scary, right? Because it was other people. And so you're terrified being around other people because they're, those are the things that happen and people are the reason that you feel so horrible, right? And we can't get away from people because we live with people. <laughs> so what do you need to do? There's two things. Remove the danger or threat in your life and restore connection and safety. That's very important. Remove the danger or threat, whatever it is, whatever is threatening to you, whatever feels dangerous, whatever feels scary. I mean, people seem scary because people were the one that hurt you before. So we have to realize that you know, you can't just remove people, but you need to find the people that are going to be nurturing and loving and uplifting. And after you do that, you can start to restore connection and safety. Now, remember, trauma blocks connection with others 
And co-regulation is you regulating with others. So I say that a lot, but co-regulation is you being in connection with others. The very thing that you need. So trauma blocks connection with others, which is what you need. And as a result of not connecting with others, it keeps you stuck in the past. Does that make sense? Being stuck in the past because of a traumatic experience narrows your ability to perceive possibility. And it also narrows our ability to create new realities, new possibilities, new experiences in your life, right? So remember that traumatic experiences narrows your ability to perceive possibilities. That's super important. Sometimes it's not everything in your life that's being affected, but maybe just one area of your life is suffering from what happened and what you didn't identify and you didn't heal. But why? Because after what happened to you, understandably, you are always on the defense, right? Always trying to stop something from happening. And while you are busy doing that, you are not creating something new. You're not seeing possibility in your life and purpose. What does being on the defense look like? It looks like shutting down, isolating, withdrawing. Does that sound familiar? In order to create a new reality and see possibility and find purpose, you need to do the opposite of being on the defense. You need to engage with people and keep moving forward. That's pretty scary though for people who, like I just said, engaging and moving forward is what is so terrifying because that's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Bessel van der Kolk, he wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which I've mentioned before. He said, trauma is an illness of not being alive in the present moment. Think about that. Mastin Kipp said, five seconds ago is just as over as 20 years ago. I love that so much. And you know how I always say, you know, your past is over as soon as it happens. Five seconds ago is just as over as 20 years ago. So if you had trauma 20 years ago and you're still hanging onto it, you're only keeping it alive because you're holding onto it and thinking about it and talking about it all the time. Now, I've talked about how repeating your patterns and habits over and over keeps you stuck in the one space you are in. It is those neural pathways that I've talked about that got laid down over all the years of your life. Those pathways are your patterns and your habits. It's been found that if you are disconnected with life and with things around you, and therefore you are not seen that is the core of trauma. You're not seen, you're not heard. What do we do then? To feel seen, noticed, recognized, connected, and loved. That's what we need. I love what Mastin Kip said the other day. He said, the weird thing is that it's very scary to put yourself out there to be seen because your past expectation is that you won't be seen, which re-traumatizes you. Isn't that fantastic? I mean, it makes so much sense when he said it. 
Now, remember, trauma organizes your world based on how you feel, not what is real. Again, I love that too. Trauma organizes your world based on how you feel, not on reality. Feelings are not facts, people. Okay. So we need to start looking at facts a little bit more than feelings, but your feelings are deep seated. And those where your neural pathways come in because we've laid those down over all the years. Trauma does not create a lot of critical thinking, as I've said before. So how can you possibly create anything when you're not able to think clearly or see any possibility or even think about a goal? I get it. Here is a goal to start with, to be seen and to be heard and to be validated and to be able to express your emotions safely. Safety is much simpler than people think. Just being able to share and talk and express our feelings and know you won't be judged, that is where it all starts. Now, do you ever talk to someone who has um, certain facial expressions that that are confusing and like they sometimes don't realize that their facial expressions are that way? So you start telling someone a story and then they make that frown face or that mad face or whatever it is. And you immediately feel like, oh, no, oh, no what I'm saying is upsetting them. It's good. And then I'm going to spiral, spiral right down out of control, right into my safe space where I'm going to stay hidden and guarded. I should have never told them that thing. They look mad now. All of that, like all that goes on in our heads just by a facial expression. And the poor person might just have that kind of a facial expression. So as a result of feeling that way, you need to surround yourself with people that are more nurturing and they're more open to listening. People that will be uplifting and not judge, or at least that won't make you feel bad about your feelings and your choices all of the time. So it might mean that you have to, you know, find new friends or, you know, only hang around with the family members that are uplifting and that make you feel good about you. And your life partners, for example, you both need to be able to regulate each other and be each other's safe space. Safe spaces are not just reserved for where you live or where you work, but anywhere you are with people you love and care about, they're holding space for you. If someone is holding space for you, that means they are not judging. They're making time for you uninterrupted listening. How often does that happen? People just don't listen or they're, they're looking at you and they're hearing you, but they're thinking about other things or they're thinking about what they're going to say next, or they're getting ready to judge you as soon as you stop talking. They don't have to agree with you necessarily, but they are still there for you. And not everyone is going to agree with everything, but if they're not judging you and they're just listening, people are, you know, allowed to have their own opinions, but they could keep some of those to themselves. Just keeping space for you is important. Because remember, if somebody negates your past experience, it is very traumatizing. I can't say that enough. I mean, what happened to you was traumatizing in the first place. And then for somebody to say, well, I don't think that really happened, or you're just making a big deal out of nothing, or are you sure that's really how it happened? Like all of those things re-traumatize a traumatized person. 
So here's the good news. Possibility was always available to you and there for you. You just couldn't see it, right? With everything we just talked about, clouding your thoughts and blocking your attempts to move forward, right? You just couldn't see it, but it was always there for you. But now after healing and finding safe relationships and safe spaces in your life and being around people who are holding space for you, you are finally able to perceive them. And before you were not, you were not able to perceive possibility, but it was always there. And remember before the world seemed very small, didn't it? Everything was small. All of your thoughts, everything, all stuck in small spaces and the small space that you gave yourself because being stuck in is being safe from being hurt again. It's like being in a genie bottle, right? It's cozy and small and it protects you from the outside world. But over time, it becomes suffocating. You lose your ability to see past what is within the bottle you are living in, right? I love the, the genie bottle idea because if you think about that show, I Dream of Genie, if anybody saw that, I mean, I'm probably dating myself because it's never been on in the last probably 10 years. But, you know, she was really pretty and she was a genie and she lived in this beautiful genie bottle and it was all pink and purple and there were pillows everywhere. And it was where she was until somebody let her out of the bottle. Uh, but she couldn't get out of there unless somebody, you know, rubbed the bottle or said certain things. But inside there it was really pretty. But over time, how suffocating is that? Because you can't see past that. After a healing experience, the world is much larger. There is so much more possibility and space to run, space to fly, and space to create and move, right? You can't be moving too far in that bottle. You're just stuck in that same space. Emotions of trauma are stored in the body, regardless of how long it has been. I hope you all realize that because that is where a lot of our problems come in. We have so much trouble with our bodies and we blame everything that's wrong with our bodies on something else. But your emotional trauma got stored in your body, not in your brain so much. So it comes up through the body to the brain. And that's how that happens. They say, well, first of all, resetting your system and creating new pathways with a daily practice is how to start the process of change. And it's a practice. You have to do it every day, just like everything else. A daily practice of resetting your system, laying down new neural pathways by creating disconfirming experiences. So they say we hurt until we heal. And in the meantime, we tend to pass our suffering to others around us, family, children. We don't want to do that. And we can't help it. Sometimes it just happens. You're passing it down to your lineage, you know, from your lineage down to your children. You're passing it along, all of your suffering. And then they become, you know, little molds and models of, of you because this is how it works. And you have the power to change that and to stop that by creating new disconfirming experiences. So how can we move forward into the life we deserve? 
Not that we desire, but that we deserve. You do want to desire it, but people, you deserve it no matter what. So our habit is to pull from our past to create our future, right? Isn't that what we do? That's all we know. We need to start pulling from our future. Sounds crazy, right? I love this idea so much though. Pulling from your future rather than pulling from your past. Think about what you want. What lights you up? And what gets you out of bed each day? This is what purpose is. But in order to pull from that space, there is a process. What are your passions and what were your passions before all of this happened? Before your traumatic experience, before you got pushed down and all your thoughts got buried down, what were your passions? They still exist. No matter what has happened to you, no one can take that away from you. I want you to remember that. Those are yours. They belong to you. And even if they got pushed down, they're still there. It's a matter of living your future as if you have already gotten to your goal. Actually doing the things that you have not done before to create the reality of your goal. So I've talked about this before, about how my husband and I were building our new house and we, you know, we're living our life as if we already own the house. We already lived in the house. We were buying things for the house that, you know, we would have never done that before because we had no reason to. We had no passion, no purpose, no excitement, but we were so excited about our house and we couldn't wait, you know, to be in it, but it wasn't our house until it was finished being built and it was you know, we had done the closing, but we were shopping in stores to buy things for the house that we would never have done before. And we were hanging around with the people in the neighborhood, uh, you know, where we were building. And we would have never done that before, but that was getting us excited about the possibility of our future. Like, this is where we're going to be living. And this is, you know, the kinds of places we're going to be going. And these are the people we're going to be hanging around. With. And they were all so uplifting and all so friendly. So let's just say, for example, you're, you want to own a business, right? Business owners, hang around with business owners, hanging with other people that are like-minded. Your idea of wanting to be a business owner makes you a business owner. So when you're, when you're going to places and you're taking massive action, you're actually doing the research. Hmm, I want to own a business. Where could I go? Oh, there is a networking event for business owners. I'm going to go there. But do you feel like a fraud? Sure you do. Is it scary? Yep. But you get there and you talk about yourself as if you are already a business owner because you have the idea. Just because it hasn't been all put into place yet doesn't mean it's not real. So you start going to these networking events and you start talking to people and they're like, hey, what kind of business do you own? Well, I own a business that's going to start uh, to helping people market their business, or I own a business that is going to start creating, you know, uh, homeless shelters for homeless dogs, whatever it is. It's your passion. It's your purpose. It's what you want to do. And you're building it. It doesn't have to be done for it to be real. So you can talk about it with the passion and fire that even gave you the idea in the first place. And going to networking events, everybody's there to network. Everybody wants to talk about what they want to do to better their life, to better their business. So that's an idea, you know, just living your life like you're already there. And the same thing goes for relationships. You know, you really 
can start getting out into the world and start going either on the dating sites or whatever people are doing, living as if you've already reached your goal and making yourself get excited about it and feeling like, oh my gosh, I want to start looking better. I'm going to start, you know, going to the gym or maybe I'm going on a date tonight, but you're really going to, you know, maybe a speed dating if they still have that, I'm sure they'll have it again, but you put yourself in a space where you feel like you've already reached your goal and that gets you excited, which opens up doors to new possibility. So that is my idea and my thoughts and my feelings on purpose and possibility. You are worthy of all of this. I say it all the time. You are worthy just because you were born on this planet And I have a triumph over trauma coaching solution that can help you get there with all of this that I've just talked about. I have so many success stories that I'm so proud of. I have some of their testimonials on my face or my um, website, karenmessina.com. And I really, really want to be there for you. So if you are in a space where you feel stuck, please reach out to me. And as always, have a great week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 